0: Hello, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory and welcome to Games on Film. Thank you for joining us for this new episode of games on film and it's an episode of firsts
1: mm. it's pokemon the first movie
0: yes if the title didn't give it away that's the first of the pokemon <laughs> movies and of... it's also podcast the first guest yes
1: because we have the third brother, <laughs> or the youngest, but uh, no no, least, no less important. Um, joining us today, <laughs> on, joining us on the podcast today is our brother Hamish Steele. Hello. Brother,
2: oh. my brother. Yes. The... My, hello, welcome. How did you book me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, my original name was Harry 3, mm. yours was Harry 2. Yes, you um, were, were in, in my parents' efforts to create the most powerful steel brother <laughs> yeah. um,
1: And who knows, we'll just have to have a little battle later I suppose to work out that But thank you for coming on and being our first guest We, we don't have you on just because of you know, brotherly love or anything like that um, You're also, um, maybe out of the three of us, more of a
2: poker expert, aren't you? You are poker-dexterous <laughs> <I'm> Poker-first <laughs> Poker-first um... Yeah, I think so, even though I always think of it as something you introduced me to, Harry. Mm. I I played the first game, I played since the beginning. I definitely played the first game, but as a dyslexic boy, I remember my experiences of Pokemon Blue being a lot of pressing A through talking sequences and then being mad that I didn't know where I was supposed to be going. Okay. But I loved the cartoon and the card, uh, the trading card game. I had loads of toys. I have a lot of nostalgia for sort of the build-up to Pokemon Gold and Silver, the second ones, because Mm. I was already a fan, so I was really following it.
1: Do you remember seeing the cover of Official Nintendo Magazine and it had a Pichu on it? Mm Mm-hmm, and And it was all shiny. Oh my
2: gosh! It's like Pikachu but cuter, and... What fresh devilry is this? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I I have a lot of memories about it in regards to my friends, because it was very popular uh, with my friends at school.
0: Um, So the first game came out... Well, I mean, when the, about 96, but when did it come to the UK even? I always think 98. 98, okay. So around about the time the film, I think, was re- released in Japan. I think mm. it came to the UK in about 99, maybe?
2: So my friend Sam Jones, mm. uh, not the actor who portrayed Flash Gordon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hang out with a <laughs> eight-year-old boy in the 90s. He, so he also was partially in, uh, introduced it to me. He um, went to America a lot and had picked up the games or had a few episodes of it um, recorded somewhere. Okay. I also think because he had Sky, I, was, I it debuted on there before it debuted oh, on SMTV Live. I didn't know that. But I remember watching sort of snippets of it, and because I there was no like big official guide or book or poster of anything showing all the Pokemon, I didn't know how many there were. And we both got pads of paper and made our own Pokedexes. <laughs> and drew in whenever we saw a new one in the cartoon and like tried to catch its name. So you're basically what poker trainer,
1: Pokemon trainers must have been like in the 70s with their <laughs> massive like, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, page of tomes of all the Pokemon. Big graph Absolutely. paper books. Mm. Yep. And they're like, I don't know, how what would be the analogue version of a Pokeball? Doesn't bear thinking about really, all these cages <laughs> around their belts of little screeching animals
0: inside. I sort of feel like it would be like a sort of um, cat Box or something mm. you take to the bed <laughs> in all every different
1: size. Yes. I mean, this film we'll get into it later does touch upon the aspects of of maybe the moral value, the moral, the moral side of Pokemon battles a little bit. But uh, anyway,
0: but I think uh, I first encountered Pokemon, I think, in that official Nintendo magazine, there was maybe a sidebar about stuff in Japan, and it said, <laughs> oh, there's this game called Pocket Monsters, which mm. has come out, and it's like, it's not monsters in your pocket, it's yeah. something entirely different. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah, they were, just had some images, I think, of the bots up for that, and the it's ripple just like, effects from... who knows what this um, craze in Japan, when it will hit, mm. uh, hit Europe, and uh, hit it... Did yeah. I felt very hit. <laughs> um,
2: one of the things I loved about that time, being a Pokemon fan, which I didn't appreciate at the time, was it was the last or maybe the biggest time where games had a sort of mystery to them. Mm. Um, I remember feeling kind of disappointed when uh, the Nintendo magazine we always got came with a poster of all of them, and I felt like that had kind of shattered a little bit why I loved Pokemon because I really didn't know uh, how many there were, or every single stat and detail about every single one. Mm. Whereas now when Pokemon games come out, they advertise all the new ones and there's often very little content that hasn't been in a trailer. So it became less discovery, more ticking boxes, really.
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah. I, I feel that way now playing Pokemon Go because my Pokemon experiences, I I mean, I was aware of all the original Pokemon, but I don't think I actually ever played Red and Blue mm-hmm. myself. I played Ruby... I played... Um, what was the 3DS one? Why? I think yep. I played Pokemon. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why? Pokemon Just why? Why? X why? And, uh, and I played that one. And then everything else has been sort of osmosis and other variations like Pokemon Puzzle Lead, Pokemon Stadium... Pokemon Snap, Snap. Mm-hmm. Um, all those games. So playing Pokemon Go now, when they introduce "quote unquote" new Pokemon, which is just older ones, but I haven't seen before, I'm mm. kind of getting the sense of discovery when I it's see something like, I haven't seen. It's a little bit like New Simpsons, which is now <laughs> like twenty years old. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's more New Simpsons than old Simpsons. And there's more
2: new Pokemon than old. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm st- I still consider myself a Pokemon fan. I've played the most recent games. I played every of the main franchise
0: um so you're here um to help guide us through where we <laughs> may falter you're our professor yeah. Oak so any the, uh, any complaints episode.
1: of accuracy oh if, God. Ham- if hamish gets a pokemon wrong please direct it to him
0: not please. us yeah we'll give out the social media handles <laughs> at the end <laughs>
1: Thank you. um yeah. just my experience briefly um on pokemon i played the games i think up till sapphire Although I think my, my pleasure with them had, was cut short when uh, I left my copy of Pokemon Gold on the plane on a family holiday and I lost all my high value Pokemon, my Mew, mm. my Mewtwo. It was pretty traumatic. Imagine losing a puppy, but <laughs> you have 350 a 300 puppies <laughs> on the plane. Um, yeah, you get how
0: I felt. Corolla so, DeVille's quarantine storage. Yeah, But
1: um, I think Hamish, before we were recording, was telling me there's going to be a new Pokemon game for the Switch. And I think that'd be a good time to jump in because it sounds like it's going to be a bit of a reboot and we'll get rid of that whole problem where everyone's been hoping for a new Pokemon game like open world or just just as like as good as a home console game um and with the switch of course you you've got that now so um exciting times ahead
2: yeah i think i think in even in the modern games even though there's they've taken a lot of steps forward there's a kind of sense of oh it's pokemon it's meant to be a bit dated or it's like kind a kind of it's like a mobile game
0: really yeah in a dismissive it, way. It, it, it um When I played Pokemon Y, I just got frustrated with how archaic the menu system was. And you you say that's been quite revolutionised due to competition from other monster gathering sources.
2: um, I think when Pokemon first came out, it had a lot of competition from things like Digimon and, uh, I guess, Tamagotchi.
3: Mm.
2: From a parent's point of view, they're very similar. Mm. Um, Pogs. And uh, (laughs) Pokemon kind of killed them off. And I think for a few generations as we call the different iterations Mm -hmm. it did get a bit safe but definitely because i think yokai watch is the big thing in japan pokemon sun and moon the last one's definitely up their game in a lot of ways but i think there's there's room to do that again so here we are we're at the first
1: pokemon movie and we wanted to start early because there are currently something like 20 (laughs) is that correct
0: It's definitely high teens Mm. of Pokemon movies, because Pokemon has, as we've established, has been around for over 20 years now. Mm. And it's interesting how maybe it's as popular now as it's ever been. I mean, maybe not like quite as sort of mega popular as it was at the time, but it's definitely gone through maybe waves of... Uh, mainstream interest mm. I think just what I want to touch on briefly
1: going back to the very start of the franchise and the animated series and the films I think I would often encounter people who didn't really realise there was a game first the conversation would often be oh there's a mm. game as well and no, it's inspired by the games and that could maybe cite why so popular because I don't know it was just like a franchise all of a sudden and so maybe these waves of I think modern day Pokemon fandom at large knows there's there's definitely the games are as important, if not more important than the rest of the franchise hence Pokemon Go and things
2: I think also Nintendo's realised in the last few years with Pokemon Go and some of the cosmetic changes to um, Sun and Moon that they've now crossed over into a time where they can profit both off the franchise and the nostalgia for it Mm. and so that's why I think In the last game in Sun and Moon, there was lots of, like, Alola forms, which are these new forms, but they were exclusively of the first 150. And they're the ones that get mega revolutions and all this extra stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, I think that's another reason why it keeps going. Do you think
1: hardcore Christians (laughs) who don't believe in evolution like the Pokemon games at all?
2: (laughs) Well... That was a big thing at the time. I don't know if they care anymore. There's much more heinous things these days. Like I, th- I think they may just they um,
1: view it as just a fantasy thing, like a Pikachu
0: is. So well, I think yeah. Harry Potter happened, and that uh... kind of, they all chased that instead for a while. Yeah, but and there was a Pokemon lot of like relief. there's lots of
2: video footage of uh, late '90s pastors saying, "In this game, there are demons. You, you must capture and control to fight." Hmm. And
1: um...
3: yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, not wrong. Pokémon, plural, are incredible creatures that share the world with humans. Each has its own fighting abilities. Some grow and evolve into even more powerful creatures. The children are developing relationships with all these Pokémon creatures, uh, little reclusive, power-filled monsters. But wh- why should they carry these monsters in their pocket? So, so Pokémon is a game that teaches children how to enter into the world of witchcraft, how to cast spells, how to use psychic phenomena, how to put work supernatural powers against their enemies, how to fantasy role play. Pokemon world is a world of the demonic, of the satanic. But while you might not take it quite seriously, I assure you that demons take it quite seriously. Satan takes it quite seriously. Your children need to know there's a devil and he hates them and he wants to ruin their life.
0: But what's interesting about Pokemon series of films in relation to video game movies is that it's very much working as an adaptation of the games, but also the TV series. So it's sort of working in two different ways, uh, more so than maybe most uh, video game movies would be. So this feels very much more like a big screen chapter Mm-hmm. In the TV series I guess it's just like spreading out you know, Different types of mediums isn't it So Yeah but I mean we all watched The Pokemon TV series yeah, as, we... as we mentioned So we were kind of clued up um, With that Before we went to see the actual movie Well interesting I was
1: reading um, the the Wikipedia for Pokemon The Bulbapedia
0: mm-hmm.
1: And um, it said that the fir- The first film came out before Mewtwo was properly introduced in the TV show, the plan was to do that the correct way around, but because of the famous incident with kids getting seizures watching the Pokemon TV show, the Pokemon T- the TV show was um, pushed back a little bit. So it, kind of, it at the end of the day, you could put two and two together, Mewtwo and two together. <laughs>
2: it aired the right way in the UK, I remember. I remember the build-up to the film really distinctly because... The show was, Pokemon was part of a thing called SMTV Live, which was a kind of morning a, anarchic studio thing with Anton Deck. And Cat Dealey. And Cat Dealey. Fucking shut up! <laughs> 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 you might have seen her before. <laughs> um, and uh, they really, like, I guess from some point of views they might have seemed like they were taking the piss out of Pokemon a lot, but like, to me it made it all feel really important and special and part of... A big hype, and I remember them showing a clip from the movie
0: um, yeah. before it came out.
2: And in the show itself, there are kind of small little build-ups to the film. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think we actually watched on January first of the year two thousand after Millennium Eve. I remember us watching Pokemon on SMTV Live, <laughs> yeah. um, the breakfast of the new millennium. <laughs> mm. I think. I think one thing Hamish is highlighting is
1: that this show. Um, they didn't just say, and now the cartoon. Either side of it, they bookended it with little fun little skits about Pokemon. So um, I thought that was really good.
0: It's quite
2: there? similar to the Mario Super Show thing. Hmm. where They had like a live action Mario say, okay, now watch the cartoon. <laughs> 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 like, I'm going to go read the newspaper. <laughs> I Mario toi- needs to read the stories. The <laughs> yeah. toilet which won't flush. This is going to take about... 20 minutes <laughs> um, Yeah, the, the actual strife of an Italian-American being a plumber <laughs> in New York <laughs> um, Speaking of uh, firsts,
1: as in first movies I think this might be my very earliest memory of going on Internet Movie Database and okay. wow. because I discovered Internet Movie Database and at, I was at college at the time and I thought, oh, I can learn about films before they even come out, and I read the plot synopsis, and I remember seeing you later in the evening, Hamish, or and I was like, I've learned all about the Pokemon. It sounds really sad and hardcore and dangerous, and like and it was people die and stuff.
0: <laughs> so I guess maybe we can talk now about the film proper and mm. and our original viewing experience, mm. which is. We all did see it at the cinema, not necessarily all together, but I remember going to see it at Wells Film Center and picking up a special edition Pokemon trading card, Mm -hmm. um, which everyone got with a ticket to the movie. One of those things that were sold to
2: you as extremely rare, (laughs) but because it's, I think it's still the highest grossing anime in America.
0: Yes, I, I did actually have a quick look, and it is the sixth highest-grossing anime film worldwide of all so, time.
2: More more likely, if anyone has any Pokemon card, it's that one. Mm. Yes, I think
0: most people ha- would have had that Pokemon card as um, opposed to any. So it's it's. Do, do, you, do you think there are people who still pull that out when they're playing Pokemon trading card I'm not sure tournaments? it's
2: competitively
0: viable. <laughs> I'd like to see if it
1: shows up on eBay, what price it's fetching now. So yes, we are all Somerset boys, and so the, we went to we all went to the small little Wells Film Centre, which is still around and still lovely.
2: I famous saw famous for being where Edgar Wright. Oh yes, uh, learned where, how to where, projectionist. Where
1: we're from is where Edgar Wright grew up, and uh, he also worked as a projectionist in that cinema. So I, I thought I'd seen it with Hamish, but Rory was reminding me actually saw one of my other friends. Kixar do this all the time, a lot of animated films do this all the time um, now, but what Pokemon the first movie has before anything kicks off is a little feature called, is it Pikachu's Summer Vacation?
0: Yes. So this... <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, a vacation was had. So my my what we decided to do today was to, to honour the cinematic experience, was mm-hmm. we watched Pokemon the first movie together, but we preceded that with watching Pikachu's mm-hmm. Summer Vacation, and... My memory of this was that it was quite sort of, I don't know, brain meltingly <laughs> uh, awful. Here's the thing: it gives
1: literally no concessions to the parents whatsoever. You'd think the makers of this of these two little films um, would would try and just give something for the parents. But, yeah. the, but for the first twenty minutes, it's exclusively Pokemon running around on on an unsupervised vacation. Um, <laughs> I just was thinking, who just lets animals... If you had a dog or something, who just puts a dog in a park and thinks you'll be fine?
2: And and Especially some of the other dogs are, like, 20 feet tall. And you'll
1: be fine through this adventure. None of them... A lot of stuff happens which is not fine. At the end of the film, Charizard gets his head stuck in a pipe. What, a Charizard? <laughs> and I was thinking, gosh, you know what would be really useful right now? A human with a Pokemon ball. (laughs) No, um, I I could just envisage um, a trainer coming back and talking to a park ranger and the ranger saying, well, you know, your starter Pokemon, (laughs) Um, you got caught in a pipe and
0: died. (laughs) So um, there's very little staff supervision there. No, but that's the thing is that the most of the dialogue in that short is just Pokemon dialogue. And most Pokemon can only say their name Mm or parts, components of their name repeatedly. And yes, it, there's not much concession to a newcomer.
2: It's also not clear if you are a parent tenti- going to a cinema that this is not the full movie. Yes, certainly. <laughs> it's, like, it's
0: like, oh God.
2: And like, there's no, uh, the. it's more like a little series of skits. So it's not like it's building too much. No. So there's no like telling that this is just like the end
0: of the first act. But these skits are interspersed with very trippy, peculiar, sort of intertitle sequences in which just a Pokemon will appear and maybe do a little dance. Mm. I mean, and then it'll it just like, carry on with the action.
1: It's like Austin Powers and Ming T, you know, but more psychedelic and more weird and, and vaguely upsetting sometimes.
2: they're also not. They don't divide scenes.
1: Yeah, they're not they're transitional.
0: Just, no. <laughs> they, just, no. they just interrupt everything.
2: In the middle of a chase scene. Things trying to justify, you just give a little bit more screen time. Another on, thing I think which will be relevant as we go on to the main film to mention is we're not entirely clear how completely ripped apart and edited these were mm. from the Japanese release.
0: Yes, we were watching the English language versions of all of these and we understand that they are somewhat of a vision compromised (laughs) (laughs) through the um, translation and editing process to keep it in line, I guess, with uh, Western audience expectations, as well as those maybe more familiar with the um, TV show. Um, But maybe when we come to it, if, uh, Hamish, you're aware of any key Mm. key Well, Pikachu's Summer
2: Vacation in the original (laughs) is actually about the, the... The plight of the worker (laughs) and how uh, even on their time offs, they are still cogs in the machine of war. Mm. (laughs)
0: Um, Any other takeaways from Pikachu's summer vacation? Well,
1: I mean, we talked a bit about how the Pokemon only speak Pokemonese throughout the film, um, their own names. Uh, Halfway through, again, if you're not a parent, suddenly one of the cats starts talking. (laughs) Yes. And like, what the fuck? So, um, Meow And then gets continually abused. And we know there are, We know Meow's kind of a baddie, but he just gets sat on.
2: Meow. And... Well, in both of these films, it's not very clear if Team Rocket... To, to someone on the outside, if Team Rocket are evil at all.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say it's not very clear whether Team Rocket can communicate with Meowth and whether this was a <laughs> Garfield-style situation.
2: Mm. Um, well, no, can... they're, they're more like kind of... Um, Stalkers
1: No, what does Shakespeare plays have? Not narrators so
2: Oh, they are uh, Yeah, they're, they're You know we Sidekits <laughs> No uh, Timon and Pumbaa
1: the, the name escapes me But you know how Greek tragedies will have or will Chorus have, Kind of the chorus, yes The they're, Greek chorus I know of...
2: everything about Pokemon I did not come here To talk <laughs> about Shakespeare
1: Well, you know They come hand in hand But I Just Last thing I want to say about um, Pokemon Pikachu's summer vacation uh, And this whole subject of Pokemon just speaking in their own lames. You I kind of forgot. We sat down and hadn't watched any Pokemon for a while. I forgot just how cute Pikachu is. And it's really easy to see why he became the mascot. And there should be a big shout out to the person who voices Pikachu. And I've been looking for notes. What was his name? That's right. And you know, you've got like Vin Diesel doing I Am Groot and getting a bit of plaudits for it. But you know, you, you've got all these Actors, these voice actors doing Pikachu, Pikachu, Executor, Executor, all that stuff. And they managed to play quite meowth, a lot. Meowth, Meowth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: meowth, Meowth, meow. Shout Pikachu. out to the voice actors.
2: Pikachu is very cute, and this is obviously Fat Pikachu era.
0: Yes, um, little round electric mouse. His Pikachu. design has shifted over time. Mm. So, the but, very... how are they, but how are they, just on the way Pokemon speed, because you see four of the New Pokemon, well, with a bad Pokemon who sort of encounter um, mm-hmm. our hero Pokemon, um, and they're all having a real jolly laugh, and they're all like sort of schnabble, schnabble, schnabble. They can all snubble. understand each
2: other. Meowth can understand all Pokemon.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just very strange how they how they can all understand each other. See, we will talk about it on the main film. There,
2: there's a there's a sort of thread in the film about. Mewtwo working out if he's a Pokemon or a human, and, like, how people treat those two types of people differently. But Meowth kind of has the same issue, and, like, mm. he's part of... he gets treated like he's part of the human team, yet there's an implied element to Pikachu summer vacation that he was dropped off at the daycare with the other... <laughs> with their snake and their poison
0: ball. Sat at the kids' table. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's probably, probably quite frustrated by there's, it.
0: There's an episode of the, um... Of the TV series, isn't there where Meowth? It's his all origins. Meowth's origins and his backstory and how and it he came of, to be. He- talk. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually kind of complicates
2: things in some ways because every time, like in this film, when Mewtwo starts like talking, everyone's like, "He's a Pokemon, but he can talk." And then that's usually psychic Pokemon can do stuff like that. But Meowth learned how to talk just through like willpower. He just yeah. like learned how to talk to impress another Meowth. So, oh. can all yeah, all Pokemon do this?
0: Yes, but they just don't put in the work. <laughs> They're mm. lazy. But the ultimate message, I think, well, one of the takeaways from Summer Vacation, which I think plays a little bit into the main feature, mm. is um, so this whole all the action's been monitored by some Pokédex CCTV or something doing research about Pokemon's rela- Pokemon relaxing, and um, it says by their nature. Pokemon prefer cooperation rather than combat and hmm. considering all they do all humans <laughs> make them do is fight and actually they prefer just hanging out and reconstructing damaged <laughs> they like building
2: well houses I yeah. mean it
1: might be one of those things where um, you know if people weren't around to farm cows cows would die out and if people weren't forcing Pokemon to fight, What's the point of them? (laughs) I didn't didn't really think that through. I fight, therefore I am... Well, no, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if if Pokemon just... If all animals in the planet
0: got on and... (laughs) (laughs) Got on. ...didn't fight, then they would all die out because they would starve. Are you suggesting that you're going to open a zoo where you put... Every animal all in the same enclosure. Yes. I just expect them to get on. But it's
1: like when you get those, um, you know, I've got nothing against vegans at all, but you get some you get some vegans who don't feed who want to only feed vegan diets to a meat-eating animal. And then the animal gets really uh ill, and I did not expect to go down this route <laughs> talking about Pokemon the first movie. Or Pikachu Summer Vacation. <laughs> so the next thing you watched was Mewtwo Origins and um What's it called, Mewtwo Oranges. Oranges? Mewtwo Oranges. Anyway,
2: I... <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was just leaving know... us there as that being the actual
2: title. I know things, but I'm waiting for you to okay. do this. Really. Okay. I, so I counted
1: in Pikachu's holiday. It's 20 minutes long and there are no Pokemon deaths. <laughs> it, Mewtwo Oranges. it's uh, 10 minutes. Three Pokemon cease to exist and a little girl. You could say it's definitely darker than what came first. So, how was this shown? Because this. Pokemon. Mewtwo Origins is a sort of short 10 minute uh,
2: film, which was. Was that also shown before the first movie? So. Mm. This was part of the film in the Japanese version of this film. This is how the film starts. Right, okay. It was cut from the. Western version of the film, Mm -hmm. and then because people discovered it existed, it got dubbed and everything for the release of a different Pokemon film called Mewtwo Returns Mm -hmm. um, as a special feature on the DVD.
0: Right. So we got the Pokemon the first movie, but we thought to be completist, at least as much as we could, because we were watching English language Uh, Mm -hmm. Versions. We thought, let's uh, have a look at this Yeah,
1: let's watch the unrated version Yeah
0: And so this little short piece Kind of colours the Mewtwo Strikes Back main feature somewhat Today my colleagues will reach the site Where an ancient civilization may have created a shrine to Mew The most powerful Pokémon
1: to have ever existed Now believed to be extinct Giovanni is financing the expedition When he learned of my work in the field of cloning, he agreed to fund my research, but only if I would try to create for him an enhanced living replica of Mew. I had to agree. All he wants is to control the most powerful Pokémon the world has ever known. I, of course, want something more, much more. So
0: what's the plot of this 10 minute? Well, um, we've got um, some explorer or researcher-professor-type dude. Do we
2: we remember his name?
0: uh, He's called Dr. Fuji, and he is in the games. Okay, cool. Okay, But he's on an expedition in, I guess, some South American, or equivalent, some sort of jungle. Kanto, which is just next to South America. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's on the quest to find Mew. He is paid by Giovanni, Mm. who is... Team Rocket's boss. Yep. Although that doesn't really get mentioned in the film. <laughs> no, so, I was,
1: like, so I was trying to just. This isn't really addressed in the film either. He obviously wants. He says multiple times he wants to create the most powerful Pokemon ever. But for what purpose? I couldn't work out what he would do with the most powerful weapon. Uh, powerful Pokemon ever. Because in a film such as this, you talk about them being a weapon. Or something, but uh, the scientist says, and he as he's going through Safari. Doctor Fuji says, "I want to be able to cheat death, effectively." And I can imagine him telling this to Giovanni, and he's like, nah, I just want the most powerful Pokemon <laughs> yeah. ever, please." He just wants to beat ten-year-old boys. <laughs> yes. from getting his badge <laughs> in Pokemon <laughs> battles. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so a little bit nebulous what Giovanni wants. He just wants. He's just. He's got a catty, a big catty strokes. He's basically <laughs> Blofeld, isn't he? So,
0: <laughs> so this Doctor Fuji is on a quest to find Mew uh, who was worshiped as some sort of pokemon god by an ancient civilization but considering Mew's supposedly so hard to find it doesn't have stick its face <laughs> in everyone's business the whole that's, time that's
1: kind of can you imagine though if there was a mythical creature who's impossible to find because he's always behind you
0: every time that's you like think to who every Ooh. time you think you see something in the corner of your eye mm. it's a mew <laughs> and every time you hear <laughs> mew in your head or, next to your ear, it's a Mew. <laughs> yeah. Giovanni wants to create a super mega Pokemon using Mew, the DNA of Mew. But Dr. Fuji, his reason for wanting to clone Mew is so he can clone his daughter. Yeah. I think this this, his reminds, dead me, daughter. this
1: reminds me a lot of um, it's Astro Boy as well. Um, it's slightly different. It does seem to be quite a lot of uh, Japanese pop culture are revolving around recreating something that is dead in another form. I'm also thinking of Godzilla versus Biolante. Is that...
2: Also, yeah. the ne- nebulous of the blood. He, he wants to clone his daughter, so he mixes her DNA with Godzilla's DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing. We've tried nothing, and they were all out of ideas. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, this
1: short film, have you got anything else to say about the film? It really just establishes.
0: Well, yeah, it just establishes. So, Mewtwo is, is created as a clone of Mew and does a bit of psychic communication with amber Two, who's the dead doctors no who's the doctor's dead daughter and yeah i guess it sort of just establishes that it's it lends some sort of existential mm. crisis as to who am i what am i do you, do you ha, you why know, was i created do you
1: want to know something i've only just worked out why she called Amber. why she's called amber too it's because of me of me too and stuff <laughs>
2: Oh, she's called. I I thought you were gonna say she's called Amber as a reference to Jurassic Park. No, I was gonna. I, I was
1: gonna. Work <laughs> no, that just, later.
0: <laughs> so she was. You thought she was just called Amber too because. And there was a Mew and a Mewtwo, but you just... Didn't you say in the film, <laughs> Yeah, I am called Amber 2, mm. we are all called... You are called Mewtwo because we You're are possibly clones. writing notes. I was probably writing notes,
1: but also in... I think we were looking at subtitle... We were watching a subtitled Spanish version of YouTube, and they used, <laughs> they used the number two, not but not the, the word two. Yeah, so it wasn't an Amber-dos
0: and yes, Mew Mew-dos. Mew-dos.
1: Um, yeah. But I thought I thought little baby Mewtwo was really cute. Yeah, I would give him a hug.
0: So um, we get a, a, a little teaser as well, who uh, Amber 2 says to Mewtwo um, <laughs> that her dad told her once that when Pokemon cry, their tears are full of life. Mm. And she's saying, but do not cry because you are alive and being alive is marvellous while <laughs> I'm just a dead ghost yeah. <laughs> entity. You don't want two cheeks which are too alive,
2: do you? She took him... To uh, her memory land, mm.
0: her, uh, her remember place,
2: <laughs> which is dark. Um, Do you think this is worth cutting out of the Western version? So, okay, we're going to, I guess we're shifting yeah, we didn't to talk all... about the main film. Yeah, I we watched a, <sighs> the Western version is very, very, very edited, and I can see why in a lot of ways, and in other ways it's a bit sad, but if you imagine that this ten minutes is in front of literally just at the start of the film we watched. Yeah, like a pre credit
0: sequence. It's
2: like half an hour before we meet Ash or anybody. Yeah. So part of the reason why Pikachu Summer Vacation exists is because, all right, kids, now you've got 20 minutes of, like, misery and death. (laughs) Um, It's kind of bizarre. And, like, I was thinking when watching... Because if you put them together, the rest of the opening of the film is a continuation of that, and you follow Mewtwo for... I think, about ten minutes. Mm. Yeah. Again, So that's twenty minutes in total of you meeting this villain, and I. And one of the reasons this was cut out was they were worried that we liked Mewtwo too much, that the film didn't have a clear enough villain.
0: They were worried that people might, that children might side with... The, but, come on, I mean, Darth Vader and all That stuff, you know, you always Kid, introduce them first. Kids love villains, and then you they turn out to be not so bad after all, yeah. Yeah, but
1: that's Darth Vader was only proved not to be bad after
0: like several several years since the first Star Wars film,
1: so it's a bit different,
0: <laughs> yeah. But kids love Darth Vader even before they knew he was all right, they loved <laughs> well, him when he was really evil, too. <laughs> you see all
2: those kids on those Kylo Ren t shirts, oh, all. yeah. <laughs> no, I've
0: seen Father's Day cards of Kylo Ren on
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really bizarre, but um, but you know.
2: I think I mentioned this on
1: our Rampage episode. If you want to get some threat, if you can have a fluffy film with um, a soft pop soundtrack and um, cuddly Pokemon and all that stuff. But if you want to have... I think if you want to be interested in, in the threat-facing characters, you need to establish um, the antagonist as being something to be frightened of. And I think we do a really good job with the menacing music at the start. It's got a really good score. The the imagery of him in his armour and with all the broken glass around him and things, he looks legitimately scary.
0: Mewtwo sort of breaks out and goes, full anime. Mm, Full Tetsuo. Lots of, yeah, exploding glass and destruction and blows up the whole lab, killing all the scientists (laughs) inside. The scientists
1: (laughs) had them coming because literally the first thing they say is... You are you are you are made by us, and we're going
2: to test on you forever now. <laughs> and they're toasting their success. So, you, could you tell us the difference between the Doctor Fuji of the ten minutes that were cut and the Doctor Fuji of like the brief moment we no, saw him? I thought him. they were the same. I'll no, but not. like the, I mean, the fact that time is put into this film to kind of make you believe in this person who's doing this to get his daughter back, mm. and then. In the actual movie, he's just like, we can't wait to experiment, yeah, <laughs> he does not He's forgotten about
1: his daughter. But, but maybe he just got so excited from excess success.
0: <laughs> but but I, I think maybe it's a, a case in point of how in movies we see all these villains, but we don't get their sort of human backstory. And, mm. you know, this is showing actually how, you know, even people who work for bad people or bad uh, organizations and things, they've, uh, they've all got their own story. They're all the hero of their own story. Though it's a bit like Austin Powers, <laughs> no one ever thinks about the family of a henchman. <laughs> no,
1: but even though this section is greatly reduced from what the initial Japanese film was, it's still a very lengthy sequence. we are about five minutes in, and, and mum is probably wondering, where's Pikachu? It's like, Where- <laughs> is this is all this, where's you
0: know Jigglypuff? We just had 20 minutes of his holiday. Oh, so <laughs> <But> <laughs> he's
2: on holiday. I think
0: we can deal with. Picture tube uh, not appearing on screens for a bit. I just had a. I remember
2: at the time seeing it and realizing, I, I felt like the stakes had been lifted just through the way, even just through the way that this film looked, like the really dramatic lighting and the music, mm. that this was more important than the events of an episode. Mm. This isn't your granddad's Pokemon.
1: <laughs> no, but the animation and music and everything is a step up. There's some interesting shots. Still and... kind of a step down from most movies. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, I'm just trying to think of any any of the threats which happen in the TV show, and it's usually Team Rocket have made a hole <laughs> and, and put some dirt over it, mm. and that's the that's
2: the, the threat they have. It is quite similar though to the games where <laughs> you spend a lot of the time your main fight is against other kids, and mm. then it's like, okay, now go kill God. <laughs> like, you know, I've got several gods in my Pokemon computer next to a few electric mice, so it does feel like the games in some ways.
0: Uh, Mewtwo it can talk, or at least <laughs> can communicate psychically, yeah. and um, he sounds a little bit pinky in the brain. Mm. He's a little bit. I'm gonna take over the world. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He gets. He decides to go in lead with Giovanni shows up on his in his helicopter mm. and says. Okay, I know you don't trust humans at all because they created you and we're going to experiment on you, but trust me because we can be partners in business and I can give you a cool mecha suit. (laughs) He
1: says I can teach you how to harness your power. I'm like, what experience do you have being a psycho rage um, genetically modified kitty? I don't know.
0: Well, he can teach him by... You don't know
1: anything about him. (laughs) I know he's got a very useful carry handle on his neck. Um, he's got that little oh Mewtwo, Mewtwo, yeah, <laughs> not Giovanni. Giovanni, no, he's got that... I hey, am my own briefcase. I just imagine you could hang, you could hang G- um, Mewtwo up on on your
0: uh, coat hanger if you needed to. But basically, he <laughs> he just says, um, "I know you don't trust humans, but trust me. I won't tell you how or why or what you're gonna do. <laughs> but come with me, and I'll give you a Mecha suit. And so Mecha Mewtwo just fights a bunch of other Pokemon, and then. Basically says, okay, what's up? And Giovanni says, oh no, actually you are my slave and you have to obey everything Mm. I tell you to do.
2: So I think in the anime, because Giovanni is a gym leader and Ash has to beat all the gym leaders. And I think in the anime, he goes to the gym leader and is beat by Mewtwo in the metal suit. Okay, mm. or okay. Some, a character is. We, see, I'm we to, see it
1: happen to Gary. I'm trying to remember one Pokemon battle I had <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> I can't remember.
2: Yeah, but like, so that's what he was used for, just to beat children. <laughs> um,
0: okay. So, yeah, it kind of sets up the whole humans versus Pokemon central conflict. Mm. We cut to a picnic. And Sam, um, so yeah. an
1: flash cut to And uh, Ash and company. Apparently, carry a picnic table and a parasol everywhere they go because they've got a fold-out table. They just killed the people that were using it.
3: <laughs> Probably. And stole their picnic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, no, actually, actually, Brock is cooking, and he's cooking a a batch of his famous Lazy Boy No Chew Stew, which he um, sluices into his open gob, which. I don't know. Maybe that's a euphemism too far. (laughs) I I don't like the uh, connotations. No, it's funny. As kids, we found Brock a bit endearing, but
1: he does seem as a slight sex sex pest today.
0: Yeah, I mean, slight. <laughs> he, <laughs> incredible. Later on, he sees a, um, a hologram mm. of a of a girl, and she's a, he says she's really small but really pretty. <laughs> it's also Which first... is not a line to be taken out of context.
2: Later on, his first thought when he sees a missing person's photo is <laughs> like, oh, she's hot. Let's find this person so I can have
1: sex with it. Um, (laughs) Um, I mean, it's funny how Luke Skyle, because he's a hologram in Star Wars, goes, oh, she's beautiful. Um, But I think she was just saying aesthetically, but Brock would absolutely want to hunt down Princess Leia to have um, his merry way with her.
0: Yeah, because he says, is there a rewind button? (laughs) As soon as it disappears. So why why is there a hologram, Rory? So after they have a little fight... uh, Yeah, there's a Pokemon battle... Just with some rando, which was meant to be played over credits. But I guess those are all Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> but those are all Japanese. But afterwards, uh, a Dragonite, I believe, flies over with a postal sack, and it extends a in, an invitation to Ash uh, to attend a grand Pokemon tournament, and he's been invited by the Ultimate Pokemon Master, mm. or the greatest Pokemon trainer. Yeah, I think just how it's how it's phrased. How, how do you think the postal service is in Kanto? Because
1: everything's delivered by uh, extremely rare, by extremely rare Pokemon, and the only <laughs> post offices are in lighthouses, which are inaccessible. I think that was where
0: where it was. They don't get it? many letters. No. So At yes, the, the, the invitation is in the form of a uh, please help us, everyone. Your only hope. I like sort of that the
2: the invitation to take part in this tournament you can be turned down. The invitation oh, yes. has a yes and a no. Oh. And like Ash could have just said no. You cool... two would be like, all right, I'll try something else. <laughs> it's called The Call of Adventure. That was the first test. <laughs>
0: yes or no. But I quite like how the setup doesn't really so much work out that way in the film, but the setup is kind of entered the Dragon Mortal Kombat style. You're invited to an island where there's a <laughs> tournament that only happens once every generation. <laughs> this is the first generation that is happening. Yeah. Well, we all got to start somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, meanwhile... Um, Poke- spying uh, from afar. Spying from afar are the uh, heroes pun- of the, yes. of pun- the story. Is extraordinaire. Team Rocket. Mm. And they're and, the best thing in the film. <laughs> their
2: names are even... Ap- like, Jesse and James. Like, what do you expect? So they, they ex, ex, they're part of a sort of running joke in the Pokemon films where they kind of... I think in by the third one, they acknowledge that the writers can't seem to fit them into any of these stories. Yeah, I know in the third one, they say, like, maybe we'll
0: have more screen time next film, but I don't think they ever do, <laughs> or even show the, up in some films. In the TV series, at least in the first season of it, they're very much the mm. antagonists, and they kind of show up, and then they mm. are meant to be sort of... Threatening. In, well,
1: the th- the whole plot of the first series, apart from Ash wanting to be the best Pokemon master, um, is about they want to get Pikachu because apparently
2: it's a very powerful Pikachu. In their first episode, it's just the second episode of the show.
0: They're incredibly threatening and they blow up a hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Team Rocket in the games, they what about, I yeah. mean, their schemes are pretty like we're gonna capture all Pokemon and. <laughs> claim them but, as our own sort threatened. of thing
1: yeah but i can't see i can't remember if if they mentioned this in the film but as i said any complaints send them to hamish um <laughs> do they say team rocket in the film or are all these characters just walking around with an r on their fronts for no good for republican. reason for Repu- <laughs> for republican you say oh we're making this political again <laughs> but, oh no the Republicans oh no, the Republicans want to get all the pokemon
0: Oh well, yeah yeah um but well team rockets at least the, this trio of Jesse, James and Meowth team rockets plan in this film seems to be mainly that Ash was invited to a party, and they weren't. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and their whole scheme is to basically get into that party. It's yeah.
2: a it's a legitimate villain plot. I mean, I
1: like mean maleficent it's, and remember, the same one. Remember, it's basically FOMO.
0: Yeah,
1: but <laughs> well, also like to their knowledge, only a ten year old has been invited, and nobody else. So they just want to crash a ten year old's
2: party. It could be a birthday party or something. Do you know how old Team Rocket are meant to be? Because mm. I, I didn't like knowing fifty. <laughs> like how old are Jesse and James? Apparently they are meant to be about fifteen. What? Which doesn't seem right. No. <laughs> Does Javar seems... only have child soldiers? No. Well, I'd thought
1: he was bad before, but now. <laughs> um
0: Crikey. I they, thought they at no. least had to be in that version. Well I mean
1: clearly they're not I mean in, in um, the Japanese version, what are the voices like? Are they very young at I all? Don't
0: know. At least in the English language version they do have a whole range of great puns and <laughs> oh my dialogue. Goodness. It sort of dries up a little bit towards the end, but they, they come reuse out, a couple. <laughs> they really, they really hit some home runs from the mm-hmm. off. My favourite, I think, at the start was they're watching um, Brock cook the the meal, and Jesse whips out a frying pan and says that you know, well, what what about I cook? And then Meow says, "Last time you cooked, you wiped out eight of my nine lives."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, is is Meow for cats?
2: Or is he a Pokemon? He's
1: a meowth. So... Meow?
2: Do Meowths have nine lives? Mm. I know a, a meta joke that rocked my world as a kid from one of the episodes. Is like uh, th- something like uh, some Pokemon excretes a horrible smell, and they go uh <laughs> and meowth goes ah. Oh, oh wait, I forgot. The animators forgot to give me a nose, <laughs> and like oh, God, that, that shook my world. That sounded <laughs> very strange. Like baby's first meta joke. Okay. <laughs> Well, I
1: think it's called a, what is it, a, f- a flexible reality yes. of Pokemon. Rather than not having a film at all, they decide to <laughs> accept the invitation from the quote unquote most powerful Pokemon trainer in the world and they go to a harbour and while on their
0: way, Mewtwo decides to um, start a storm. <laughs> Good yeah, he, he whips up a storm and, and later it's revealed that only Pokemon masters he would have bothered fighting against should have got through a storm, mm. which seems a little bit like, well, that challenge doesn't really... It's not really transferable skills. Mm. He's like a
1: week old. Like, give him a <laughs> yeah. break. Because all he's ever going to attract are, like, sturdy Pokemon trainers and Vikings, apparently.
2: Oh, yes. Because yeah.
1: um, the storm um, hits. While we're trying to find out whether or not any boats would go to New Island, where the invitation came from, um, we have the Harbour Master, um, who... I think might have been dropped on her head as a child because she. I mean, I even Sadie didn't write us down because I just sat there slack jawed at the screen. But the police force arrive and say, um, "Here's the harbour master saying what we what we can do about the boats." And she, who did
0: she cite? She sort of says that. Uh... Rather than quoting any kind of meteorological information or... Just referring saying there's to, a storm. Just saying there's a storm. She says, it's just as the prophets foretold that a wind of water would uh, surround us Or <laughs> Yeah, she said, the winds of water
2: will in this of the change of the earth. Mm. And then Officer Jenny goes like, yeah, so that's the reason you can't go outside. <laughs>
1: mm. And then we meet Harrow Master more one more time. And she's conveniently forgotten she made that prediction. When she
2: definitely is in a different Pokemon movie plot.
1: Mm. Yeah, she.
2: Meanwhile, some ancient water Pokemon adventure with like the other Pokemon trainers. She's the like this is the red version, and she's in the blue version (laughs) of the movie. Someone link cabled her into the wrong movie. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So some of the Pokemon trainers say, "Well, I don't care about boats. I'm gonna take my water Pokemon to this island." Pokemon, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> um, and uh, Ash has the same idea But before he goes on to his own Pokemon Some Vikings show up And I didn't know well, who these yes, Vikings were They're wondering how they fooled <laughs> by their
0: disguise for they're, a good length of time They're wondering how, you know, what boat they can take And then, yeah, Longboat comes up And um, <laughs> some Vikings of dubious accents <laughs> just appear
2: did you, you write down anything they said? Something like, we'll get you faster than you can say, I'm like that.
1: But guess what, listeners? Turns out, because you're listening to this and can't see it, you might not realise that the disguise was not terribly convincing because <laughs> these Vikings were not Vikings, they were Team Rocket.
2: And, wow. um
1: But, you know, we were giggling. We're giggling about this now, aren't we? I
2: the first time they ever did a disguise in the show... They looked exactly like themselves, and I was convinced because I'd never done one before. But then, it, yeah, sorry, it, I get I, I get fooled more than you'd expect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they do like there are some interesting disguises that they wear in the in the TV series. So
2: the main thing is that Jesse will always be the man, and Je- James mm. will always be the lady.
0: Yeah, there's some. I guess they were yeah the Vikings. They were sort of indistinct. <laughs> in in that in that department, but yeah, there's um,
1: something funny about these Vikings because we all know Vikings don't actually have horns on
2: their helmets. <laughs> did these ones have horns? They
1: did have horns. Uh, okay. yeah. Of
2: course, then Ash said, like Misty says, I didn't know there were Vikings anymore, and he says, I heard they mostly live in Minnesota. Mm. Is a that the joke ba- about the Minnesota Vikings? I assumed oh. it
0: was a sports team. Oh, I thought it was verbatim from the Japanese <laughs> translation, but I was wrong.
2: Which is an odd joke
0: but also suggest there is a Minnesota in the Pokemon universe. With Minnesota Vikings. that has real repercussions. One of the better... Well, that was an odd joke, but uh, just beforehand, you have Jesse going, Stroke! 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 I think I'm going to have one!
1: I thought she was going. I think I've had a hard one or something. I thought, Which one's better? I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a near the stroke. So was Jesse joke. actually having a stroke on the, the whole time? Good old stroke joke there. Considering Pokemon once caused strokes and
0: loads of kids in the Japanese animated TV show. There's not, no point does she say that she can start smelling burnt toast. So I think, <laughs> I, think Jesse, Jesse, <laughs> I mean, some people do
2: have them and don't realise. Mm. Yeah. So. Good representation there. <laughs> it's a much, approach, much Pokemon, much good movie.
1: PSA. Yeah, be a much deeper episode than I thought this was going to be. It's also the point most of the parents watching in the audience mm. are also agreeing. <laughs> yes. mm. But uh, a big wave comes and washes their clothes off. Um, <laughs> or at least Jesse and James's James' clo- uh, yeah. Viking clothes. and they But they all end up using their Pokemon to get to the island.
2: <laughs> the island of Dr. Mewtwo. Uh,
0: <laughs> the island of Dr. Mewtwo. <laughs> so they end up... <laughs>
1: So they end up on the island having been knocked off the boat and um, they find some other Pokemon trainers there. They meet the Nurse Joy, who is actually under the control of Mewtwo.
0: Yes, the missing Nurse Joy, yeah, but which Brock was uh, creeping over at the, the <laughs> that... harbour. And he I doesn't think...
1: stop. Does he try anything when he meets her in the flesh? I think he's trying something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's always trying something. Emphasis on try. <laughs> yeah. So um, they all meet up, and everything seems kind of cool and groovy for a little bit, and then uh, Mewtwo arrives. Yes. And immediately starts acting menacing. Uh, they immediately a Pokemon battle is initiated, and I did wonder: is this an official Pokemon battle? Can you just like attack um, your hosts with your Pokemon with your Gyarados?
2: Well, I think they're a bit surprised that he's a Pokemon himself. Mm. He mean, has to act menacing because he looks like a weird nude cat man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just a re- his literal tail between his legs. Do you he's, think-
0: he's like a skinless cat from the cast of Cats? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Not skinless, sorry, hairless. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, uh, both pretty bad you get people who like to
1: dress up as rubber dogs, don't you? And I wonder if Pokemon has a sort of, the Pokemon universe has this problem where there are people <laughs> pretending to be new types of Pokemon in the bushes.
0: Maybe uh, there's an episode on it. I'm sure there are Pokemon furries. Mm. Oh. I mean, there are in the real world. Yeah. yeah. So any... I imagine it would be just the same. I mean, send in your, Pokemon. your
2: thoughts up on <laughs>
0: furries in the Pokemon world, mm. please. Yes. Please tag Harry in. And... Yes. <laughs> <please>.
2: <laughs> Wizards
0: and Pokeball... Images and all sorts of things please send my way but well, we get into the meat of the story I, <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's Team Rocket who does most of the discovery yeah, with Jesse's bomb. yeah I bomb. actually wonder how
2: much information Ash and his friends actually uncover about any of it because the audience has told does Ash think <laughs> Team Rocket have drowned?
1: Um, <laughs> I think he hopes um, that <laughs> after the boat sequence, because dude, I can't remember if Team Rocket, because Team Rocket do their own thing, and so Ash and Brock and Misty they come to the island, and Team Rocket aren't there.
0: Yes. So yeah, they just they don't walk think off with last joy, and, and then later on, Team Rocket kind of emerge from the water, and then they stumble onto a laboratory. Onto a, a laboratory, and they find out all about the crazy cloning. Machine. Mm.
1: Yeah. Were Team Rocket ever, <laughs> ever informed of Giovanni's
0: plan? I, I guess they're quite low on the Team Rocket food chain. I know
2: that in the anime they do not, because they are the ones to see that thing blast out of oh, okay. the
0: thing, and they don't know no. what it is. But I think at the time this was released, Dolly the Sheep was in the news. Oh, that's very I guess topical. that was about mid-90s, yeah. and this was sort of around that time. So I guess cloning was on the agenda whether or not this actually, that bled into the movie. And people were scared that Dolly was going to be used to take mm. over the world. <laughs> <laughs> the most powerful sheep ever. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Dolly 2. Is this the the point where they use
1: the phrase clone sim at all?
0: Um, yeah, they get into some pretty, you know, Pokenstein. Yeah. and I've not written down who said clone sim, but I'm assuming it's Team Rocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the the clones that they find in the lab, they've got cool decals. (laughs) They've got, like, swish little patterns on them to make them stand out as being super mega clones. And they emerge from their cloning tubes, kind of like Ace Ventura emerging from (laughs) the back of a rhinoceros. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's It's a bit upsetting how they kind of slide out.
1: Yeah, that's good animation, though. I mean, again, it's a bit of a lift from the cartoon series.
0: We get some cool CG animation in this. Lots oh, of yeah. lots of doors. <laughs> just <laughs> like With we can't of a- doors. we can't animate doors. Hand it to the three D department. As well as animation, a lot of these Pokémon
2: films have a really weird art direction that the show doesn't have. Typically, in the show, it's pretty just houses and trees, and every episode kind of yeah. looks the same. But his weird palace is. I don't know what it reminds me of.
0: Well, it's built on the site of the lab where he was created, is, so, is, yeah. is what
1: you, it said. So, built that
0: lab? Well, I guess so. I guess it's sort of a little <laughs> bit alien-like. It's it's sort of a bit Metroid, I think, some of it.
2: Yeah, it, it has a, it, just nice textures and weird patterns. And I know that the third movie has a similar kind of interesting way of looking which I appreciate
0: the cloning machine has like a sort of snail and tentacle Hmm. structure Hmm. it's all very odd I feel like some production design (laughs) some like uh, background artist and uh, painter just had sort of free reign and just a come up with all this wild stuff, and it's just like, oh yeah, but then we'll put a cute Pokemon on top of all <laughs> all this weird stuff you've but, you know, submitted. You, you see a bit about of, of Mewtwo's psyche through his art design,
1: his decor, I suppose. Um, Maybe quick, by well, looking at his architecture, we can find out. Welcome uh, to my twisted mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before things really kick off, they, this is the first bit where we have a bit of a debate where uh, Mewtwo's whole problem is that Pokemon are slaves, and the humans naturally disagree, despite the fact they kind of definitely are. <laughs> because, I mean, we watched a little bit of the first Pokemon episode, and when Ash is about to catch his first Pidgey, he shouts at Pidgey, enjoy your last moments of freedom because you're mine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I think if, you're, if you if view your Pokemon on those terms, you got, haven't got a leg to stand on, really. And this is like the... What our fifth episode, and it's our third one, we talk about Slaves. Slaves seem to be a big part of video game movies
2: so far. Yeah, the Pokemon just don't really have a choice, do they? I think what we're asking is, does Mewtwo have a point? Hmm. And is is his motivations as a villain actually really quite valid?
1: But this is, you were telling us earlier that the motivations of Mewtwo and Mew, who shows up (laughs) um, a little bit later, are, are quite different in the Japanese version.
2: Yeah, so a small change that I think does make the film quite different is a lot of this film seems to say that fighting is always wrong. Or at least, like, you can't solve any problem with fighting, which is kind of counter to, like, the franchise, Mm. where Mm. everything is solved through fighting. The disagreement in the Japanese version is more, it's much more to do with cloning. It's kind of bringing it back to the main plot where Mewtwo's point of view, I think, is him just still trying to work himself out in this world. Like, is he a Pokemon? Is he a human? Um, if he's a human, he should control Pokemon. If he's a Pokemon, he should be a servant. Hmm. And they kind of come to more of agreement that it's about partnership. The thing that he was offered at the start of the film that was you know, a trick. The thing that he had with the little girl, like a friendship. Mm. Um, but Mew, in the Japanese version... <laughs> has decreed that clones are a sickness <laughs> <laughs> on humanity. You look so cute, though. And, like, has come to purge the well of their filth. Oh, my God. Um, it's
0: basically just sort of a very adorable eugenics. Yeah. Mm. But
2: obviously it comes around to the idea that is not so bad.
0: But we don't get any of that. We just get a cute little flying <laughs> mouse creature. Just
2: yeah. Oh it, in this version, I don't really know what Mew's motivation is other than to, to show up and just poke its head in people's mm. business and then fly <laughs> yeah. off again. And, and sort of whisper things about racial purity into Rocket's <laughs> ear, it seems. Well, the thing about Mew that's not really mentioned in the film, in the games, Mew is the first Pokemon. Oh, um, and so, okay. And it says 151 on his Pokedex. I know. Is um, that just
0: order of discovery?
2: Well, well they seem to... D- mm. So, <laughs> the Pokemon god... Arceus. <laughs> so there's lots of like, legendary Pokemon that came before, but P- Mew is meant to be the genetic like ancestor of all Pokemon, and that's why it can learn every Pokemon move, that's why it's like stats the way it is. And also implied is that Ditto mm-hmm. is the failed experiment to clone Mew, which is why it can transform into every Pokemon. You only ever, in the games, you only ever find Ditto in the laboratory that Mewtwo was created in. Um, okay. So there's all this, like, extra cool stuff that I think, if you watch this film, like, what is Mew? You're just told that it's rare. I kind of wrote down here, it's kind of like what would happen if,
1: in Jurassic Park, um, a cute little Velociraptor the the original type, the little knee high Velociraptor with feathers, was running around sort of pestering Sam Neill, um, whereas the scary ones were running around being all like um, abominations,
2: building palaces. So
1: all this <laughs> all this kind of layered backstory of Mew and Mewtwo and Mew has been cut away just to make things a bit more clean cuts but it does as you say present this bizarre problem where the main message of the film seems to be you can't solve things by fighting let's have another pokemon battle
2: (laughs) Um... well they seem to have a real separation between the two interesting the game the games themselves have tried to deal with this issue as well again sort of badly in pokemon black and white the evil team in that game wants to free pokemon from the seemingly slavery of being used for battle, mm-hmm. and they make the villains way too sympathetic, and you're, you're going like, oh wait <laughs> what? But they also have them beat up Pokemon and do evil things so that you hate them anyway, and they also have this whole like we want to be the kings of the universe and you're like, okay, sure. Well that's what you're saying about Mewtwo, he has uh, an agenda, but they've tacked
1: on his also world domination agenda <laughs> yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe, wants- yeah, maybe he should
0: just stick to architecture because mm. he's clearly pretty good at it. <laughs> I think
2: he'd win lots of awards.
0: <laughs> I mean, I can see it being... <laughs>
1: Somebody had it. just given him like a little a tin new...
0: medal. <laughs> or just like, you know, a new cultural art centre or something. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: think I think that's maybe what he does. Spoilers at the end of the film, he goes off to do that.
0: <laughs> and this is the point where we approach the film's final showdown, mm-hmm. where Mewtwo is demonstrating his ultimate Powers that he has, and yeah, yeah,
1: is he not chasing Mew, shouting, "Why
0: are you running?" All the while firing shadow Why balls. Why are you at running? <laughs> Why are you running? Pretty much. I mean, uh, uh, while this has been going on, um, he's trying to capture all the other trainers' Pokemon, and he sends out an army of floating Pokeballs, and yeah. and try and captures them all. But then, you know, they all get released and escaped, and now they're all clones. So now mm. there's an army of pokemon clones versus an army of pokemon original versions (laughs) g1 Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) um but actually but you just going back to the the pokeball drone sequence or whatever it is a bit of a scary sequence when the pokemon are being chased by little floating devilish pokeballs and this is famous not famously i got it on imdb trivia (laughs) but this is the only time where our pikachu gets trapped inside a pokeball because he's absolutely against that sort of thing for reasons best known to, <laughs> the, Pikachu. to Pikachu and Ash and things. Again, oh. they're not slaves. Just one doesn't want to be put inside a Pokeball.
0: That's sort of established from when we watched a bit of the first episode just after watching the first movie. just We had a bit of a Pokemon session. <laughs> and, Pikachu um, needs
2: as much screen time as possible. Is the reason. <laughs>
0: that's, that's the reason. We need to sell more plushies. Mm. Pikachu is very adamant at that point that doesn't want to get into the Pokeball and outside of the Pokeball Pikachu stays so anyway we have clone army versus regular army and despite Mewtwo demonstrating his incredible awesome powers and flinging giant massive Pokemon across stadium Ash thinks he can stand up to Mewtwo and decides (laughs) to try and Punch him. Well, we're kind of trying everything. We haven't tried throwing a ten-year-old boy at him yet. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh no, my one weakness the child's
0: fist. <laughs> <laughs> but so Ash gets flung into the sky, but is saved by a Mew bubble. In this, yeah.
2: No one uses the Pokemon attack bubble. Oh, is it bubble beam as well? There's, There's no bubble one. and bubble beam. Oh,
1: okay, yeah.
2: All the bubbles. When bubble's not but enough. You were actually telling me how certain Pokemon can't do
1: certain moves. Um, well, while we're the series
2: it. is plagued with Pikachu just like killing um, ground types with his electric bolts even though they ground uh, electric does not even
1: well affect could, could that just not be that, po- that Pikachu's at a higher level and has more experience points than the ground type Pokemon he's fighting I mean it did <sighs> cross my mind that for all these people talking about the most powerful Pokemon ever um, isn't that just the one of the you know your, your mate always had this Flip an ace in the hole that they're used yeah.
2: to destroy you playing He's still Pokemon. probably a level one Mewtwo. Level... I suppose, that's <laughs> and... the scariest thing. So, there is a big Pokemon fight, Every, like, everyone's fighting their clones, and then drippy, be... drippy, go on, sorry. So to do some beautiful music. Yes, um...
0: Brother My Brother, <laughs> um, which, uh, what was the band in the credits? I didn't write it down, but it was like, kind of, blissful sound of souls or mm. something. It didn't, it didn't not just go... It really didn't go like with the. It didn't go with the movie. It it actively worked against the scene. I can
2: I can accept when they put a pop song in and it kind of like it's a bit cringy and should have been just music. But like this, tonally is so odd with the footage. Yeah, I would. um, I would. When you're having like an upbeat montage.
1: Or something they I have no issue with them taking out the the J pop which used to be there and putting in a more recognisable for Western audiences pop group. But yeah, you're right. I think this is another one of those things where I think the scene itself probably had quite dramatic and upsetting music when they were fighting, and that does come in later.
2: But it's just really just. Shitty. It's just <laughs> they just couldn't get the rights to immigrant song. No, <laughs> um I was thinking maybe it's because it's too upsetting. And I was like, I don't remember this from a kid. But what's confusing is then it does become harrowing, and they do put in the score. And there's a scene of Pikachu punching Pikachu, slapping
0: mm, yeah. quite Which for is, quite a long time, and like
2: crying, and it's <laughs> really upsetting.
0: Yeah, this is the quite sort of harrowing part of the movie because. um Mewtwo has used his psychic powers to strip them all of their special moves, which he just sort of says offhandedly, which is why all the Pokemon, even if they are the same types because they're clone against clone, um, they're mainly just grappling with each other and hitting each other. Meowth finds his clone and has a little moment where they look up into the sky and he sort of says, "Ah, well, maybe we shouldn't fight just because we're different. Mm, that's um which a bit handed is... though, wasn't it? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's a the nice m- message I which mean... gets reiterated. I
2: guess I I sort of missed the line of Mewtwo saying we're stripping them of their special abilities. There's an implied thing in all of Pokémon that, like, Pokémon attacks don't really hurt. They're kind, mm. Like, Hash gets, like, blown with electricity and fire all the time. And so when they fight with their attacks it's kind of more being pushed back and... Isn't that just more cartoon logic? Yeah, but it's like... It's,
1: it's it's, I mean, it, Team
0: Rocket blasted off again and again <laughs> and again, <laughs> yeah, and they still survive. So maybe
1: if... Jesse and James are clones from Giovanni. Ooh, and, and late, like they'd, they'd die the They die at the end of each episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they come back with the same memories. Only yeah, Meowth knows. That's the secret <laughs> I'd like to see, yeah. But yeah, so them actually hitting each other is something you don't see in Pokemon and it is hard to look and, at. But Brock says um, it's not right to fight this way
1: um, and sort of implying they should only fight under official Pokemon battle guidelines. <laughs> when it's for money. Yeah, yeah, when it's for money or, or my own glory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get to a point where Ash is like, fuck this. And um, he runs into the middle of the battle as Mew and Mewtwo are firing projectiles at each other. And turn him to
2: stone. I remember this causing a lot of kids to leave the cinema. We really, leave. Just, yeah, or just like, I remember hearing... Did their t- mum like, say,
1: no, I want to watch the end.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing people crying and being really affected by it. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: draws it out quite a I long said when, time. And... I said
2: when watching, we don't really give a shit about Ash. But like seeing Pikachu cry is something I never want to see. It's
0: the repeated when uh, they're just shouting, "Choo!" Yeah, I'm trying to resuscitate. <laughs> he's Ash. trying to.
2: Ele- he's electrocuting him to make him alive again. It's
0: very sad. It just it becomes you... more desperate each time. Yeah.
1: What's What's the name of the police lady in Jenny? Pokemon? I just imagined Officer Jenny going to Ash Ketchum's uh, mum's house and going, uh, "Mrs. Ketchum." <laughs> Um, I'm afraid your son was turned into stone by a, a genetic super clone and a mythical creature. <laughs> Very sad stuff. The well, and... same thing happened to his father.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene in the anime when Ash, Misty, Brock, Jesse, and James are all uh, get sunk in the SS and mm. ship. Mm. and um, there's like a burial at sea with Officer Jenny like <laughs> saying we're here to mourn the deaths of like Ash, Misty, Brock, Jesse and James no surname's given mm. Mm. and like they do like shoot people shoot like they do in like a proper funeral and it's very mm. bleak trying to stop our battle. Uh, peek bee Pikachu? Peek-a! Peek-a-bee!
1: Peek-a-bee. Peek-a-bee.
0: か が... happens is that ash is dead mm-hmm. by all intents and purposes and that upsets all the pokemon and they start crying and as has been established and i think it was established again with by the harbor manager of all mm. characters <laughs> uh is that pokemon tears have the ability to resurrect, resurrect people. people so why
1: don't they have um loads of crying pokemon in hospitals then
2: do we know that they don't
1: very interesting. I mean, is this basically... Has anyone ever died in Pokemon? Probably not since this film, then. So we're now in a universe where nobody dies. Mm, miracle day.
2: Miracle day. <laughs> Good point of reference. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to believe that in the Pokemon world, hospitals just have sort of weeping Pokemon <laughs> but... hung above their beds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like in a saline drip. It's yeah, just like a crying Pokemon. Mm.
1: Mew, Mew's, Mew's not crying, though. Mew doesn't give a fuck. No. Again, I think he's kind of a sociopath.
0: Well, not as Mew. No, but... Yeah, yeah sort of Mew and Mewtwo. Both of them, all the tears are flooding in, and then Mew and Mewtwo are just floating there, just like, meh.
2: I'd cry <laughs> if Don't my ducks feel...
1: worked. <laughs> mm. I'm not in the least bit sorry. So, hooray, Ash comes back to life to remain... Wait, Jesus before Yeah, me. he's now going to stay... Well, actually, he stays ten years old now for um, <laughs> for twenty years. Because oh, he's, froze, he... he's frozen like um Kirsten in an interview with a vampire.
0: Gosh. And yes, so yeah, he's he's resurrected and um Because we've reached the seventy eighth minute of the film, things <laughs> need to be wrapped up quickly. Uh Mewtwo sees the love that Peter Joux has for his master, <laughs> and <laughs> sees that they actually can be real friends. Yeah, I'm cool with slavery now. And then sort of decides, oh, I guess I was wrong. My bad. And leaves. And he f- <laughs> takes all his clones with them on a non he... adventure. Uh, even the non-flying ones. <laughs> yeah, they float around. And he sort of says, the circumstances of one's birth is irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that makes you... You, <laughs> oh,
2: I,
1: would, I would love Mewtwo's train of thought to just disappear.
3: I'm going. Whatever. You know the rest. <laughs> so
2: he's inspired by the fact that Pikachu's choice of what he does with his life is be imprisoned and made to battle. I think, like a cat, Pikachu just wants to be fed, and
1: Ash ashes <laughs> his meal ticket,
0: and he's a bit. He's more upset about that. And he gets to kill things along the way.
1: Yeah, it's a win-win.
0: Um, um, but then he says. Um, Perhaps for you, these events are best forgotten. <laughs> yes, and then. <laughs> and we're just like, what about all the life lessons we learned? And it's just like, no. No. Gonna neuralise you. A non
1: consensual mind wipe. And he deposits them in the waiting room again, which nobody noticed.
0: Well, he deposits everyone. It's, yeah. He, but he everyone transports thought, back in time, I think. I thought time had
2: gone. But then I think maybe they're only on the island for like half an hour.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah possibly. It's, it's, it
1: would be a bit. It would be an odd power to introduce right at the end because we start with him being a telepathic, which somehow bleeds into him being um, telekinetical. I think is the phrase when he can do. Are you, are you suggesting that
0: they're introducing powers of his force mm. which have not yet been established in yes. the Pokemon universe?
1: <laughs> Pokemon psych like, Parents can't do
2: that.
0: I can imagine if you could do a special move... I mean, that's in... what I was
2: doing the whole film with the types and the attacks not being right. I
0: I, I guess we're meant to assume that he did just transport them and wipe their brains and mm. everyone who was in the harbour waiting room area... Maybe
2: he just reset the game without pressing... Mm. without saving.
0: Yeah. Just reloaded a you previous t- save. And everything was fine. And the harbour manager is just like, oh, I guess the profits weren't right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she pretty much has like <laughs> forgotten about those prophets. Because Misty actually uh, answers the crucial existential question of the film. Because Mewtwo spends the whole film saying why am I here? And Misty says I guess we're just here because we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mystery of the universe
1: has been solved. Misty it. mystery <gasps> <gasps> Misty the mystic. So, yes, we've actually learned the meaning of life via Pokemon, the first movie. And, you know, we've been giggling about it. We've been chatting about it. I had a brilliant time watching it. So Rotten Tomatoes can go <laughs> fuck itself. Have you disliked any of the films you've watched? Um, I found Doom just a little bit meh.
0: I think my original watch of the film in the cinema was one of the most boring mm. things I've ever had to see. And just I had I remember just having my head in my hands the whole time, <laughs> um, but I think it was better. I think I've probably seen bits of it since, but I think this was the first time I dedicated an, an actual watch to it since seeing it in the cinema, and I did enjoy it a lot more. I think it's weir- it's still got a very strange tone. It's got this very dark. Mm. Streak and look, yes, the how it looks and how it feels. Muted.
1: Do you think it yeah. works though? It works better because we watched those two shorts at the start, so
0: we had mm. a bit a bit more of colouring in there. <laughs> I don't think it. The film works. I'd say Peter Two Summer Vacation is. For the fans, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but and anyone say, can enjoy the first movie. But uh, well, the first movie is is still for the fans. But I think it, <laughs> I think you would need to have an idea of the TV show a little bit, mm. just just so you can kind of get a, a grip on the characters, because the characters aren't really introduced, and you know everyone's what is just Brock's there.
2: What's motivation in this film?
0: Girls, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, obviously. So what
2: we're saying is Pokemon, the first movie, improves with age. Hmm,
0: I think so. Yeah, I'll give it another 20 years and maybe it'll <laughs> yeah. be Stone Cold Classic. But
2: um, it's,
1: it does have depth as well, the TV show, but um, this one went full bore uh, into the, the morals of cloning and um, Pokemon fighting, perhaps in sort of a lip servicey way, but I think it also doesn't outstay its welcome. It's, quite, it's just a short film, and uh, so I would I
2: would recommend this if you want to watch a Pokemon film. It's a good place to start. I, mean, I am a massive Pokemon fan. It's my one of my favourite franchises. It brought me so much joy. I personally wouldn't recommend anyone watch this, maybe, unless you are a completionist who likes Pokemon. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a struggle for anyone, but the initiated. Mm. I feel like if you wanted to introduce Pokemon to someone, you'd get them to play one of the games. If you wanted to introduce Pokemon in a different format, more digestible, you would show them the TV show. I don't think the movie is the place... Well,
2: that's just a must-play for anyone.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, I think you do have to really be into Pokemon... Even if you watch the first movie and forget the Summer Vacation and just mm. <laughs> just forget it, um, I think I would skip the Summer Vacation actually. Yeah, I, but if you, yeah, yeah, just watching the first movie, I think is a bit of a uh, hard ask. Maybe um,
1: maybe I just like a good villain, and I just found Mewtwo quite threatening. Is to I would, it was to have an I evil would, Pokemon. I'd
2: love to see more films dedicate its first twenty minutes to just the villain, mm. villain backstory, and then yeah. move forward.
0: Yeah, But yes, I, I, I'd just like to add that it was a pleasant surprise to see Baby Spice <laughs> in the credits. Apparently, Christina Aguilera contributed a song, as did Baby Spice, a.k.a. Emma Bunton. Although it seems to be co-written by Mel C, though, in the credits, she is written as Meanie Chilsom. As opposed to Melanie Chilton <laughs> Maybe because so, she was a real meanie the, She was meanie on Spice On set of Pokemon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like where's my Togepi
2: <laughs> Mewtwo was in some ways inspired By her attitudes to everyone else yeah. She was the sporty
1: Pokemon <laughs> yeah. I just now got an image of all the P- uh, Spice Girls At the end of a gig being put back In their Pokeballs <laughs> <laughs> um, So I guess We can say thank you very much Hamish for coming on to the show um, Is there anything that you'd like to plug
2: yeah it was no problem you're also in my house so <laughs> uh it was perfectly fine um uh, if you like the sound of my voice i do a podcast called box not included which looks at geek stuff from a queer perspective and i have a book coming out uh, this summer called dead Endier, the watcher's test
0: yes because you are a animator illustrator Comic, comic man. Comic person. I am a
2: cartoon person. And uh, that comes out um, June the 1st. I'm doing a book launch, if you live in London, at Orbital Comics. Is that on June the 1st? On June the 1st. Okay, cool. Facebook groups, blah, blah, blah. Google me, I'm Hamish Steele on everything.
0: Yes, mm. please do check out Hamish's work. You also have the Pantheon... Yeah. um the true story of the egyptian deities which is available in all good bookstores and online bookshops as well mm-hmm. and uh, yeah do check out bots not included it's a very good podcast mm-hmm. and we got a lot of very helpful tips and advice <laughs> from hamish when we were setting up our own so thank you very much mm-hmm. for all that harry where can people find you on the internet well if you work for facebook you probably already know my
1: twitter handle is at only man who can and anything else you want to plug Um, not at the moment. I do a bit of comedy, I suppose. So uh, check my Twitter and uh, my Facebook page to find out where you can see me.
0: And I'm at Rory Steele on Twitter. Um, And also you can check out Gamer Disco, uh, which I help do events for, which is games and music related events in and around London. Uh, So look at that on all the socials for Games on Film Pod. For all the silly stuff that we post, you can find us on Twitter, at GamesOnFilmPod. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash GamesOnFilmPod. You can email us, GamesOnFilmPod at gmail.com. All episodes are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash GamesOnFilmPod. You can find us on Acast, iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So please rate, review, and subscribe where appropriate. And uh, thank you very much to David Lightfoot for providing the awesome music to the show. So, Harry... What's next for us on Games on Film? Well, uh, everyone's, of course, quite excited about the release
1: of the new Star Wars film, a solo Star Wars story. So we thought, what could we tie into that? What what film would probably be just as good, if not better, than a Star Wars story? And we have decided to go for that classic. And uh, with a tenuous link to Star Wars, because of Mark Hamill, um, we are doing Wing Commander
0: Yes, Mark Hamill appeared in the Wing Commander video games, Mm. um, which were famous for their FMV sequences back in the 90s. And this film is a a big screen version of that from the original creator of the games. Mm. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, thank you very much, Hamish. No problem. (laughs) Um, I've been Harry Steele. I've been Rory Steele. I've been
2: Hamish Steele. Thank you. (laughs) The whole set. And and we'll be that, we'll be...
1: You caught them all. You caught us all. You caught us all, so... (laughs) This is Games on Film, blasting off again! (laughs)